Thanks for listening to the Women Emerging podcast. Every week we put up a new episode with insights into leadership, practical leadership, seen through the eyes of women leaders of all ages and all sectors from right across the world. Our aim is for women to be able to say, if that's leadership, I'm in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and join Women Emerging on our website, womenemerging.org. That's womenemerging.org for more fabulous free leadership content. Welcome, welcome and welcome. Julie Middleton here, Director of Women Emerging and your podcast host. This week is the second in the energy episodes. Let's remind you, we went on an expedition a whole year to find an approach to leadership that resonates for women. I am now, have undertaken the task of trying to write a book about what we learnt. I'm deep in it and utterly exhausted by it and totally terrified and go from one minute thinking it's a complete load of rubbish to thinking it's actually quite useful. Anyhow, you, you will be the arbiter of that in a few weeks time. In the meantime, first we did a whole series of episodes on our essence because I think that the starting point we discovered for any approach to leadership that resonates for women is that you have to start with your essence. And we talked about seven different aspects of essence over seven weeks, and they are a fantastic series of episodes. And then to some extent, we've fast forwarded through the whole book I'm writing. You'll have to read it if you want to know it all. We fast forwarded towards the end, which was the sort of the finale for us, which was discovering to what extent leading is really about energy, having it, creating it, perpetuating it, driving it, guiding it, creating it, generating it. It's about energy. So We're now doing four episodes on the subject of energy. And last week, Liz did a fantastic introduction to the concept, covered all the bases. And this week, Alia is going to go a little bit deeper on some of the issues around how you manage energy. So one of the big things I think we also discovered when we were talking to thousands of women all over the world through our expedition, is that we were quite tired of the words leader and leadership. And we were totally determined that we would predominantly, because can't promise all the time, but predominantly use the word lead or leading, the verb, the action, the movement, the change, the adaptability of the verb leading women who are leading. What's our problem with the word leader? I suppose that it's a role, it's a title, it's a position, it's something that's written on a little card, virtual or not. And that's bad enough, but quite soon, often, occasionally, yeah, quite soon, it slides into a sense of entitled to that position, role, or title, that that, that that position, role, or title becomes almost a right. And, and so we 
We're not rejecting the word leader. We're just sort of distancing ourselves from it. And then leadership. Well, sounds silly, but I've I've become obsessed with the fact that the last the last bit is ship. It should really be tanker. It's sort of a huge, great leadership. The last bit of leadership is is a ship. It's a tanker to my mind. Something huge in a tanker port, probably made of steel. It's heavy and it weighs you down. I don't know. Leadership is what everybody else does. It's not what I do. I think we all preferred the word leading. And I know we've played around with words quite a lot. And those of you who listened to the podcast episode that was about the essence, not of mothering or motherhood or being a mother, but we coined the phrase motherness. And quite except I can I can hear Melissa, who was one of the members of the expedition's voice, saying, Julia, we spend our lives <laughs> creating words because motherness is not a real word. But we chose that word for really, really, really good reasons. Reasons that I'm proud of and I'm happy to live with. And we're not recreating the word leader. I think we're preferring to use the verb leading. So we talk endlessly about people who lead, women who lead, women who are leading. It's active. It's real. And and in that leading, they are generating energy, 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 energy. Yes, come addicted to the word energy, creating it, generating it. Ali's going to talk about it. And like Liz, Alia feels the same way. Power is the wrong word. That even if you reframe the word power to away from the concept of power over to power with, it still has that sort of vague connotation of being controlled or manipulated. And somehow it's not a power isn't a big enough word for what we're talking about. But energy, now energy is and Alia will explain. Leading, the act of leading, right, as a verb, is energy, right? And it's it's about managing energy, both your own energy, how do you show up in a space, what are you bringing, and also managing the energy of people around you. And, And there's a physical element to that, like, what do you physically do? But there's also this sort of emotional or mental container that you're building as a leader. And so I, I loved this idea that leading is, is energy and it's about energy management. You know, just last week I had a, a team meeting that I felt like it was creating a ton of energy. And for me, That made me feel open, expansive, alive, uh, powerful, ready to go. It is self-reinforcing, right? So you, you start to, as you're holding this space and people are bringing their best selves and you can see everybody showing up full of energy and alive and building, you know, stacking their Legos on top of each other the tower gets taller and taller and taller, right? And you're able to create something much bigger than you, than yourself. And you know you're in the right place at the right time. 
So there's something that feels very intuitive about it. There's something that feels like you're in your, your flow, right? And there is a deep knowing, however you as a leader know it. But for me, it's like in, in my gut, there's a deep knowing, right? It's like, yep, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. It feels right. I'm able to move the pieces in the way that we need. And I'm able to bring my best and full self into this moment to, to make something greater. And actually, we're very close to the point where I could step away and the energy would still keep going because he doesn't need me all the time. Absolutely. And, and this is the other thing that I, I like about this concept of leadership or leading as energy is there's something about creating momentum, right? Like you're almost, uh, you're catalyzing something. And then if you kind of spark it in the right way and you get it going in the right way, it's like an object in motion stays in motion, right? Like there's this concept that it's like, you got it going, they're moving in the right direction and you can kind of step away and there's something really beautiful about that that is sort of the, the ultimate testament to, to leadership, right? And I, as a, a, a multi, a, a two-time founder, for me, I feel best when I'm able to actually step away and, and leave what I've created and know that it's going to be able to exist without me. There was an expression you just used, an object in motion stays in motion. Is this the scientist bit of you or no, the engineering bit of you? Did you just quote something? <laughs> that everybody it's self-evident. Yeah, no, this is, this is the part of me that uh, grew up both as a, a scientist and engineer. And, you know, eventually shifted into the, the nonprofit world. But I think it's Newton's first law. It's been, it's been a while since I've been in oh, school. It's, it but is. The, it's Newton's first law. She says, I, I'm, I'm guessing you're Googling it. I am Googling it right now, just to double check. Let's see. Every object will remain at rest unless it's compelled to change. And every object is going to stay in motion unless it's compelled to change. So how, how do we unlock that, right, as leaders? And yeah, and you're the, the leader compels it. Ideally, yes. But I would say, you know, a good leader helps other people compel it as well right? Like figures out what, what is the secret sauce that each person brings into the dynamic that can really contribute to the energy you're trying to create. And if it's only you that's injecting energy, you're not going to be able to go very far, right? So how do you unleash and catalyze everybody else around you? You're going to need that. It can't just be all you, uh, kickstarting thing. Okay, so come on then. So if that's the beautiful, what happens when when it all goes to shit? What do you do then? You know, I mean, you can sort of, <laughs> and we've talked about it that you know, it's all this energy spirals upwards. Have you never been in a situation where actually it's been spiraling in completely the opposite direction? all the time. I am not going to pretend like I am the master at, at making energy go the direction I want it to go. I imagine anybody who's listening and anybody who's ever been in a leadership position can resonate with the, the concept of like, sometimes things do not go in the direction you want them to go. So the first thing that comes to mind before I'm able to show up and start shifting things, I need to make sure I, I am doing well. 
and that my energy is where it needs to be. So how am I contributing to this? What kind of resourcing and nourishment do I need to show up in this moment? And so for me, examples might be sleep, good nutrition. I really enjoy dance. Do I, do I need to get out and move my body? Do I need to spend time with friends? Do I need something that's going to spark joy and help me disconnect from the situation? Do I need a moment of, of space? You know, like when you, when you get that email and you're really angry and you want to push send, but you're like, nope, let me cool off for 24 hours. Right. So all these things that we can do to help ground ourselves and, and kind of reset our own energy. If you think about yourself as almost a, a buoy out in the ocean or an anchor and there's this storm going on, like how are you going to stay steady as this energy is moving in a way that you don't like? So that's sort of the first step for me is how do I ground myself? You know, then there is figuring out how you bring your team along to shift their energy. And that might be having a direct conversation with somebody who is showing up in a challenging way. It might be hosting um, a team retreat to, to change the dynamics or get people to problem solve together or play or really shift up their agenda and the typical way of doing things. For me, I've also had times when I thought, I'm not the right person to facilitate this change. I need to bring in an external facilitator so I can actually participate because maybe I am I am part of this dynamic and I need to actually be able to participate in solving it and somebody else holding space would be really supportive. Sometimes there's a need to to actually change organizational composition. So letting somebody go or bringing somebody new into the org can fundamentally change the energy and the dynamic that's going on on the team. I don't know how many of you have had something that feels kind of toxic on the team and one person leaves and everything changes or one person comes and suddenly the whole team is different. And so being really mindful of how, how are those human dynamics contributing? And I suppose you also would say using play. A hundred percent. Julia, you've heard me talk about this a lot, but I think we as adults do not play enough. Something that we think about kind of leaving behind in, in childhood. And it's a wonderful tool to shift energy. Play is a way that we can tap into our creativity. It's a way we can shift power dynamics. It's a way to utilize a different part of our brain. It's a way to be innovative, to spark joy. And so, you know, there are moments when, yeah, how do you get your team to play? In, inject something really different into their schedule and see if that brings new energy into the space that can shift the dynamic completely. And what do you do when you haven't got time to do all of this? Mm. Yeah, you're right. We don't always have time to plan. We don't always have time to go take a nap or give ourselves space. But if we can just pause in moments when maybe we're reactive or overwhelmed or things are really tough and think about, okay, how, how do I stay? It's sort of the, that buoy in the storm. And what am I holding right now? 
for me at least, I am much more prepared to show up in a way that feels productive moving forward. Go back to the thing that you were doing in Sierra Leone and you were creating this sort of haven of positive energy that was extraordinary, possibly in a country that didn't have that kind of energy. How did you keep the energy that you were responsible for, that you were leading, going when when all about you, everybody's falling to pieces? It was actually it was Sri Lanka. I've never been to Sierra Leone, although I would love to go. <laughs> No worries. No worries. We should go visit her. Great question. So I think, yeah, we dealt with that all the time in Sri Lanka. There, I think community is really important, making sure that we had a, for lack of a better word, a kind of a container around our work so that we yes there's there's all sorts of things that were kind of going against us we were working with survivors of sexual abuse it's a highly stigmatized issue but as a team we were really unified on our vision and what we were doing and how we wanted to show up what our north star was and so making sure we stayed really connected and united as a community, I think is what gave us a lot of strength. And sometimes when, when there's opposition outside of your team, I think it actually can make the energy you're creating even stronger because it gives you this sense of like intense purpose for existing and intense need to stay really unified and have each other's backs and not allow differences to drag you into the negativity because there's too many other things out there that are are going to do that to you. And so you hold each other tighter. What happens when there's somebody in your team who's determined to stay in your team, but you know is destroying the energy? This is the part of not leadership, but management when you're running an organization that I find most challenging. There's always strengths in every person, but for the health and vitality of of the whole, addressing those dynamics is really critical. And it's not always just about job performance in action-oriented way. It's also about how how you're showing up in the space and how you're relating to each other. That that can affect things in an even more profound way. It, and it's not an easy thing to do, is it? You know, you're bringing back, I remember I was on a board of an organization that served society and it was not serving society. It was serving itself, like boards sometimes end up doing. And I remember there was a there was a person on it. And I remember the chairman saying, what are we going to do about it? And I said, we're going to go and talk to him and persuade him that he wants to resign. Absolutely. And they all looked at me as if I was mad. And the answer is, what is the alternative here? You've got to do it sometimes, don't you? 
you do have to do it. You have to do it for the good of the organization, for the good of the vision, for the health of the board. Also, maybe that person doesn't even want to be there. Like maybe you are releasing them to to be where they want to be. Sometimes there's sometimes it's an act of kindness and liberation to help people go be where they're supposed to be. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. It's not something I enjoy, but it's part of accountability and accountability for managing our collective energy, which is, is sacred. This is something, this is our most precious resource, our time and our energy. And so we need to take it really seriously. I want to go back to something you asked though about Sri Lanka and yeah, what we do when the, the spaces we're working in have energy that's really different than ours. So you, so you asked sort of what happens yeah. when, you know, maybe people are, are dragging you down, but how do you, how do you manage when energy is just different, right? Like maybe you're operating yeah. in a different cultural context or you're, you're operating in a place where they have different beliefs than you. And I've spent a lot of my leadership journey navigating these spaces. I'm a, a, a white American woman. I spent a number of years in Sri Lanka. I then spent time working with trafficking survivors who'd been in the underground street economy in California, which is not where I grew up. And so I've spent a lot of time in spaces with people who show up in ways that are very different than the ways that I show up in the world. And sometimes that's a, a gift and sometimes that's challenging and, and often it's both. And one of the things that I have found most helpful as a leader to build alignment or rapport and to understand how I can start to kind of harness energy, collective energy and fit into the energetic dynamic and figure out how to move in that space is actually building relationships on a personal level. And it's taking time outside of the day-to-day -day tasks that we're doing in work to spend time getting to know people as humans. So in Sri Lanka, tea is a big thing. You, you often have tea before you start a meeting. You're, you're discussing people's families and their lives and understanding who they are and where they come from. I spent a lot of time going home for dinner with people and getting to know their families and what motivates them and why and, and why they hold certain cultural beliefs. And but it was these moments of showing up in the in-between spaces where we weren't really, it wasn't about the task at hand. It was about seeing each other as people that I started to understand the energy better and how I fit into that energy. That's interesting. So it's not just about understanding other people. It's about you explaining yourself to other people and 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 what you're saying earlier is that you think other you think leaders don't do that enough absolutely i mean if you don't explain yourself other people are going to write your own story so what is the story you want people to to see how do you make sense of your own story how do you make sense of your skills how do you make sense of the value you bring and why you bring it. It's hard to do. 
And for me, I think growing up in the culture I grew up in and as a, a young woman for a long time, it was hard for me to claim things within my identity because it was hard for me to talk about myself. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what value I bring. I don't, you know, it, it felt like I needed to be humble and and I wasn't coached on how to to really think about who I am and what I bring to the table and why I bring it. Over time, I have learned that's really essential. It's really essential to getting buy-in to your ideas, to moving up in organizations, to finding investment from funders, and even to, to attracting people to your team and to, to shaping energy, right? For you to have confidence in your own your own gifts and your own narrative and for for us to to be the the writers of our story rather than letting other people do it for us thank you so so much alia thank you so much for your thoughts and your ideas but also of course for the energy you put into them and and the passion you express in them that uh, will mean I will always choose to um, to be led by you. And I, and I I hope that people who are listening to this can see the, the sort of weird logic that we did seven episodes about essence, which is sort of the beginning of an approach to leadership that resonates with women. And then we fast forwarded right to the end to energy, which is what we create, but that that energy needs to be connected right back up and sourced out of energy. The, the connection between the two being so important. Essence through elements, through expression, but ends up in energy and the energy has to be connected with the essence. That is the sweet spot. Thank you so much, Alia. And I am conscious that having received the baton from Liz on the subject of energy, you're now for next week handing the baton on to Sarah. And Sarah's going to talk a little bit about when the energy goes wrong, either because of things that are around you, but perhaps more because you framed that energy in the wrong way in your own head. So really looking forward to next week's episode. Uh, much love to everybody. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, enjoy the spring. I'm loving every minute of it. Woken up by birds. Lots of love, Julia. To become part of our movement and share your thinking with us, subscribe to the podcast and join the Women Emerging group on our website at womenemerging.org. We love all of the messages you send us. Keep them coming.